For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome back to another episode of The Macro Show. I'm Dan. We have Hartley here as usual. And today, making his second appearance, we have our friend, Luke Miani. Uh, Luke, how are you? Are you finally adjusted to the, uh, to the state's time zone after being in New Zealand and Australia for the launch? Dude, it took me a long time. I don't, yeah. I don't really get jet lagged, but I, uh, I don't think I've talked about this, but I, I think I got food poisoning on the day of travel coming back. So I woke up at 5 a.m. to go to the airport, felt awful, got on the plane, almost threw up on the plane, 12 <laughs> hours, landed in L.A. at 6 a.m., went through immigration, feeling terrible. I felt like I was 98 years old. I got on the plane, another five hours to get home. It was it was terrible. So I, I, I it took me like two weeks to adjust back to the time in the U.S. But like, but... Tell everybody why you were there because it was, you know, we were going to have you on earlier, but you're like, I can't and it'll make sense why. And I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah, something going on. Yeah, I think you, you messaged me about coming on the show right after the event, I think, yeah. or right before the launch. I can't remember. And I was like, I will not be able to do that because that was my day that I was on the plane. Mm -hmm. Um. And so basically the way this all started was back in like February, I think I hit up Sam because we both went and I was like, hey, you know how like there's always a post the the evening before the iPhone launch, you know, on Mac rumors. And it always says customers in New Zealand and Australia receive new X iPhone ahead of launch in the rest of the world. That's the, always the headline. And I was like, well, why don't we just go there? and and do it just get the phones early so we That's did a great idea and you get to be in uh, australia new zealand how long were you there for a couple weeks we're there for we so we were in new zealand for like three days that was just a okay. brief stopover and then we were in australia for a week what was the uh the iphone crowd like like launch day crowd in because you've experienced it in the states what's it like over there yeah Is it different i mean it's actually quite similar just because of the new like pickup uh, strategy that Apple does. Like you don't really see the lines anymore here or there. It's, you know, people line up for their pickup window, but it's not like a huge line. Yeah. Uh, I was very surprised though at how much Sam in particular and I got recognized. Like we were not expecting, I don't have a huge Australian audience, but Literally, like, I think five people in the Apple store were like, are you Sam from Apple Track? And wait a minute, is that Luke Miani? Uh -huh. We were very surprised. If there's ever a place where folks like us would be recognized, it is in Oh, it's always Apple, Apple store. stores. Yeah. Absolutely. It doesn't, it's not like I walk down the street and people are like, hey, it's Dan from Macro. Like, that does not happen usually. Yeah. But you go to... <laughs> You go to uh, you go to the Apple Store and it does happen. And in my own mm -hmm. hometown Apple Store, I'll have people be like, "Did I just see Dan at the uh, at the Apple Store in Eaton?" And I'll be like, "Yeah, yes, he did." 
I live here. <laughs> I'm here that quite a bit. Makes sense. <laughs> so I, I for there was a while when when the butterfly keyboard repair program was a thing, and I was of course you know I was like, all right, I'll take them in, go go go. <laughs> There was a while where the people at my local Apple store were like, hey, Luke, another butterfly keyboard. And I was like, you know it. And then we'd send it off. <laughs> well, uh, is there a reason for you to go to the Apple store in the next few weeks to pick up that awesome new Apple Pencil that was just launched yesterday? Man, I, I've got seven videos planned. I've, I'm going to do <laughs> unboxing. I've got the Apple Pencil comparison, the ultimate shootout. Day uh, of life. Day in the life of the new Apple Pencil. I was going to do what's in my Apple Pencil case. Do one of those. I've got a ton of content planned. It's very exciting. This was like a weird week. Because like yeah. someone out there said new iPads is coming. And then it just kind of like like took off. And mm -hmm. there were like lots of conflicting reports. And on one side, you had people who don't usually do that. And then on the other side, you have Mark Gurman and Ming-Chi Kuo who are like, nah, <laughs> like it's just not, that's not what we're yeah. saying. Uh, and then there were some like little, little ones in between that were like Magic Pencil or uh, Magic Pencil, Apple Pencil 3, like the third generation with all these like, magnetic tips that are replaceable for like different types of, uh, you know, I don't know, sizes, I guess. Um, uh, and then it ended up just being a, I don't even know what to call it. Just a USB-C replacement of the the first gen, but with this the Apple Pencil two design, and and it doesn't it doesn't have uh, pressure sensitivity. Like, <laughs> yeah. what's the point of this product? It's USB-C, sure. So you could argue that it's a replacement to the first gen, but then it's also not as useful as the first gen because a lot of people that seriously use an Apple Pencil need the pressure sensitivity. So I really don't know what this is for. I'm guessing just students note-taking i guess so see I, I i was more into the idea of like people saying there's going to be ipads this week and like being pretty uh pretty like confident in that statement and then being mm -hmm. like or or there could be a new magic uh uh why do i keep saying magic pencil just rename it to magic pencil i just agree name it to magic pencil because that you have magic keyboard magic <laughs> yeah, pencil. You, got a, you got a magic pencil um no like the, and then they were like no a new apple pencil 3 with all these features and then it just ended up being the most just underwhelming thing <laughs> that could have possibly and yeah. it's not apple's fault this episode of the mac rumor show is sponsored by factor with a busy fall season already in swing you might be looking for wholesome convenient meals for jam-packed days Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, you'll eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. The fall means kids going back to school and different activities are ramping up, so we really need these quick and easy, and most importantly, healthy Factor meals at the ready to get us through the day. You can level up with Gourmet Plus options, prepared to perfection by chefs, and ready to eat in record time. Treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. I am personally a massive fan of the jalapeno cheddar chicken and spicy cauliflower rice, and it was so good that I'm just sad I don't have one to eat like right now. This October, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door.
It's all ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. So head to factormeals.com slash Mac50 and use code Mac50 to get 50% off. That's code Mac50 at factormeals.com slash Mac50 to get 50% off. Thanks, Factor, for sponsoring this episode. I do want to talk about some of those rumors, though, uh, about the iPads that were supposed to happen this week, apparently. Um, because I think this will just, it, I don't know, is it going to muddy the waters even more with the whole lineup being a mess? Um, because what were we like told by these people that were apparently expecting, uh, rumors to happen? Um, were, were we were told what a, a refreshed iPad. So that, that'll be the 11th gen, uh, which would basically just be internal chip updates, um, mm. a potential Ma- uh, iPad mini, and maybe an iPad Air, and pretty much all of those are just getting spec bumps, correct? Yeah, so yeah. spec bumps and a couple I think of other little improvements. That's what's... What are those improvements, Hartley? Go ahead and tell us. Those improvements would be uh, improved uh, <laughs> jelly scrolling on the iPad Mini. So I don't know if it would be completely... So more jelly? Uh, yeah, less less jelly. <laughs> oh, no, okay. So we're we're reducing we're reducing the jelly. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> like now introducing yeah. twice as much jelly scrolling. I mean, I don't even think they'd mention it because, but it, it's it's so contentious. They don't no even, Apple don't even like acknowledging. Yeah, well, but, I mean, yeah. There's that, no, and then there's that makes sense. camera improvements was also on the table um, because I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, wow. but all three of those iPads have the same camera hardware um front and back um if, if, maybe the entry level doesn't have quite the same but the ipad air and ipad mini definitely have the same and that is the same as the ipad pro as well so and that i think has been the same for like five years pretty much on the ipad pro as well so at some point um we've got to see some better hardware coming maybe i don't know maybe it's too ambitious to expect a 48 megapixel sensor coming to the ipad just yet but who knows um it's got to happen at some point I don't know who needs to take 48 megapixel pictures with their iPad, but you know, fair enough if that's you. Uh, I don't really know what else. I think that's that was it, really. I mean, I think, isn't that kind of emblematic of what we were talking about with the problem of the iPad? You know, when it comes to refreshing the lower end of the range, there's not a whole lot to give it. You know, okay, up the cameras, take out an M1, put in an M2, I think the mini would go from a, a an A15 to an A16, and the 10th gen from a was it a 15 to a 16 as well, or a A14? I don't even know. Like A15, I guess. Oh, that's on a 14. Okay, so I guess that would go to a 15. The mini would go to a 16. The M1 would go to a two. There, there's your upgrade. I, and I don't still think it really think, makes a ton of difference I, I, to how you I, use it at all. Oh, not at all. Didn't we, we, we did a whole episode where we like went through a bunch of the lineups and tried to figure out like how to fix the, the, the way it's lined up, the names and all of that. And I, I believe with the iPad, I said, and if I didn't, I am officially changing my stance to this. <laughs> I believe I said, I, I believe I said the iPad should just be like, take the 10th or 11th gen, whatever the base model is, make that like an iPad SE low end. if you can make it bare bones as possible that's going to be like the family ipad you got the uh you got the ipad just a regular ipad would be the ipad air so we're just kind of cleaning things up a little bit 
mm-hmm. then you have the iPad Pro. And what to do with the iPad Mini, I guess you could just my thought process behind that was just making like the regular iPad Air be two sizes since they're basically the same thing. Or mm. yeah, so it would just be iPad SE, iPad, iPad Pro. And in that iPad you'd have a seven point or eight inch, whatever it's sized at now, and then the current size of the iPad. Uh, and then in the iPad Pro lineup, if you wanted to give what everybody seemingly wants online, which would be a Pro mini size, the 11-inch, and then the, the 14 or 13, whatever the new sizes would be in that in that time, um, then I just think that just makes things easier. Do like what you said with the Mac. Makes it, make it simple. One name, two sizes, or three sizes, whatever sizes you want to be. We don't need to change the name based off of the size. It's just – it's never made sense to me. Yeah. So – and the fact that you have iPad 10th gen and iPad 9th gen side by side that are totally different, one yeah. number apart, both called iPad, we got we to gotta get rid of that. All right, do you, Tim? Do you, do you know how many people constantly hit me up that like are not tech people but know that I, I am and like will be like, what's the difference between the 9th gen and the 10th gen? I mean, Everything. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a lot. And do, how much time do you have? Like, do we? And like, so it could make my life easier, Apple, if you just made it easier for everybody else to figure out what the differences were. Because at least a different name signifies a different product for the most part. Right. Like, if I saw iPad SE and iPad Pro, I would know. Okay, well, one is probably going to be. And just by looking at the price tag, well, this one's going to have more features. Uh, and the other one is probably the, the the least expensive one. And if they've even looked at an Apple product in the past and seen the term SE, then it's already associated with lower cost. So I don't know. Just makes sense. But what do I know? I'm not running a multi or trillion dollar company. Yeah. No. And I I definitely agree. I think. See, I think the Apple could clean the even without doing all of that. I think you could clean up the lineup. By doing two very simple things. Step one, kill the ninth gen iPad. Kill it now. No more lightning. No more 2013 design. Get it out of here. And then I would just chop 100 bucks off the iPad 10th gen. I don't even think it needs a chip upgrade. But just make it cheaper. 350 And I think you're good. I mean, the, the problem that I've had with that iPad is it's not inherently bad. Like, you know, it's just whatever the other iPads are minus some features at a lower price point, but it doesn't hit the recipe that the, the base model iPad has had for a long time. Now, you know, the fifth gen, sixth gen, seven, eight, nine, all of those were three twenty nine. They were the old design with a newer chip, kind of an iPad SE and at a really good price. And they, every single one of those was really highly rated. But when we got to the ninth gen, we were kind of like, okay, maybe it's time to move on here. Let's get the new design. You know, it's been a couple of years now. But then when Apple did give it the new design, they couldn't they couldn't let go of that premium price tag. And 449 just they kind of added it in the middle, which adds confusion and doesn't bring a ton of value. I mean, I get I get why they did it cuz the new design Obviously, it's more expensive than the old one, but to have both of them, I think, is just, they're not willing to let go of the old, old design on the cheapest possible model. Chop 100 bucks off the 10th gen, kill the 9th gen, and I think it'd be a lot better. 
I think that was always the plan for that device. It's just a shame that it's had to go on for so long. And I guess it's because they just can't get that yeah. price down. Maybe they are sitting on um, an, 11 inch, uh, an 11th gen iPad and they just don't want to bring it out because that's going to increase the confusion even more. So they're selling a 9th gen and an 11th gen. And then you continue to have that, that device in a weird place. So I guess they are just waiting until they, they can get the price down. Um, but I agree. I don't think it really even needs a, a chip upgrade. I think the bigger issue is just that confusion at that end of the lineup. But I also don't want to ignore the iPad Air because I also think that is an issue. What is going on with the iPad Mini and with the iPad Air? Because they're effectively the same device marketed differently. Okay, they've got different chips and they've also got a different... Uh, one of them's got a, a True Tone Flash. But they are basically the same sort of device. Um and I don't really think they're pleasing a lot of people. A lot of people either want the best or they want the, the sort of cheapest and most accessible. There's not a lot of people that want to go middle of the road here and think, well, I do want stage manager um, and I do want a laminated display, but I don't care for mini LED and I don't care for Thunderbolt um, and I don't care for, you know, two cameras. I, I think that it's... It, it's just in a weird place, that iPad Air. What I would like to see Apple do is, rather than just killing the Air completely and killing the Mini, is kind of merging the Air and the Pro and bringing the price down of the Pro just a little bit into that kind of Air territory. And I think that the iPad Pro would be way better and would come under so much less criticism if Apple stopped trying to say, this is a computer, and instead just said, this is a really good iPad. This is the best iPad you can mm. buy. And I think people would comprehend that way better as like, this is a media consumption device, and maybe you can do some like documents on it or some light work. Um, you know, you can even run Final Cut on it. Um, but uh, you're going to get the best possible display for this price point. But it's not a Mac. And I think that pushing it to, like, th this, all this, like, this marketing talk of it being a computer replacement at the top end is where I think a lot of this kind of bad feeling about the iPad has come from. And I even think Apple itself has got confused about what that even means for the iPad Pro. This episode of the Mac Rumor Show is also sponsored by ZBiotics. Let's face it, after a night with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. That is until I found Zbiotics. Zbiotics Pre-Alcohol Probiotic is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. So here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. It's designed to work like your liver, but in your gut, where you need it the most. Just remember to drink Zbiotics before drinking alcohol. Drink responsibly and get a good night's sleep to feel your best tomorrow, especially if you have three children that are six and under like I do. You cannot be off your game after a night of drinking, and Zbiotics was a game changer. I was able to feel great in the morning, play with my kids, and take them all to their weekend activities and was feeling great the entire time. It's honestly incredible. So this Halloween, pair your candy and cocktails with Zbiotics to avoid a spooky next morning. 
Just go to zbiotics.com slash Mac to get 15% off your first order when you use Mac at checkout. You can also sign up for a subscription using my code, so you can stay prepared no matter the time or occasion. Zbiotics is backed with 100% money-back guarantee, so if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. So just remember to head over to zbiotics.com slash Mac and use the code Mac at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode. Mm-hmm. I think the easiest way to make it all kind of coexist with each other, um, going back to like when we were talking about macOS being on the iPad, I do think there's a place for it, and I do think it should only be in the pros, and I think it should be done the way that Samsung does uh, its kind of desktop experience with Dex. Make it so that it only, you know, it's only available on the pros. I don't know if I want to limit it to just being when you plug into, um, you know, like an external monitor. Like that's what it used to be in the past with Dex. Now it's kind of just like whenever you want it. Um, and it can be done wirelessly depending on the device and stuff. Um, I, I just believe that that's like the best of both worlds. Like why why can't we have some sort of uh emulation of mac os happening on a larger ipad that can definitely you know the performance is not going to be a problem uh and then you know when you're not in that mode you go back to ipad os and then every other ipad that's not a pro model doesn't need to worry about it because it's it's just going to run ipad os as it is right now that could be interesting i just i always think that when you when you're talking about uh, a new product with a new feature, whether it's hardware or software. I think a big question with Apple products is adding simplicity. Mm -hmm. I think when when you when you're getting into this space where you're really trying to define a product by doing something to it, I think by definition you create confusion. Like, do you remember when the iPad? You know, we got to go all the way back to the beginning. The iPad came out as essentially when your iPhone's too small and your MacBook's too big, your iPad fits in the middle. It's a hybrid device. That was a very clear market segment. And I think it made a lot of sense. And it was priced in that, you know, $500. I think they they did a great job with that. And after the iPad came out and it sort of launched this tablet craze, you saw Windows do their take on it, right? Those hybrid devices that were like, oh, okay, it's a tablet and a laptop. We got Windows 8. You know, they had the ones where the screen flips around. You had the ones where the screen comes off. And you'll notice that a lot of those laptops didn't really catch on because while it seems convenient to try to have your device doing multiple duties, I don't know that it's, has a proven record of being successful in terms of, you know, being the next big thing. I think when you, when you do that to a device, you're niching it down instead of what Apple likes to do, which is try to make it as broad as possible. And that doesn't always work either. I mean, I think they tried to do that with the iPad pro. They tried to niche it up and make it into its own computer but now we're running into this issue of like, well, is the iPad Pro, you know, why does it have this pretense of replacing your laptop? It, you know, you just add more complication to it. And I think it confuses people 
rather than solves their problems. So the issue, is, if I could speak selfishly, is that I do want an iPad and a Mac to somehow join together so that I've had a crazy travel schedule this year. And like, I don't want to keep taking those two devices because yeah, it's just too much. There's too much in my bag already with camera gear and all of that stuff. And I get made fun of tons of this because I'm like, well, you know, I like to take this MacBook because it's lighter. And people are like, just be like, be stronger. And I'm like, dude, you have no idea. First off, it's just a space issue. And second off, it's just my bag already weighs a ton without anything in it because it needs to be able to hold a ton. And when I put all that stuff in there, the lenses, the cameras, the, like it's already super heavy. There is one compartment for your Mac and I'm shoving a Mac and an iPad in there because on the plane, uh, you know, I want to be able to watch stuff on an iPad because it's just a better experience to do that than on your Mac uh, in a more mobile, like on the go way. And I don't want to like, I don't, I want those two things to be separate. And so if there's a way to do that by like separating it via software and combine and, and hardware and combining it into one, like that would be ideal for me. And then I wonder if that would be ideal for others too, who like didn't know they needed it because if they're just looking at Apple products, you couldn't do that. So they never really thought about it. And so like, that's what the iPad pro was almost doing. And you could even make the argument that I could do that now because Final Cut Pro now exists for the iPad, but it's still just not the same experience as what I'm used to on my Mac. And that's ultimately what I just want is that I, when I want my Mac to be able to be there in front of me, uh, I want it to be Mac OS and operate the same way. And then I want to be able to just turn it into an iPad just easily and not kind of combine the two and give some of these features and, oh, so, you know, and then things change and then you got to relearn it and it just becomes a whole thing. So, all right. So how about this? What if you had an iPad that when connected to like, it's, it's an, it's yes. a normal iPad, it's iPad OS. And the second that that smart connector connects to something with a trackpad, it yes. pops into this like desktop mode where sure. your apps go away, you have a normal desktop background, and you can drag Windows around like macOS. Yeah, do, that would I be think a lot kind of, it, of what you ask for. I think a lot of it is also the cursor, <laughs> like the way the cursor behaves on the iPad and your Mac is just super frustrating. Um, mm. Because when you're trying to do things like uh, work in Final Cut Pro, I want it to be a normal cursor, and I want it to be the normal app and not this mobile version of the pro desktop app and like i am being very picky and not grateful because they did ultimately give us almost what we wanted and what we have been asking for for many years but i just it's not the same experience and it's missing some things that it makes me not want to use it and i don't know i just i like the idea of like just windows can do it and it goes into a tablet mode. Why can't you just do it on a Mac? Like, it just makes sense. You have tablet mode, which is iPad OS. You have Mac OS. And it just, and when but you those are Those tablet mode Windows devices aren't really like, I don't think that there's a huge demand for that. Like, it's kind of been dying off in recent years. Because I don't think there's that many people, at least on the Windows side, I don't think there's right. that many people that are really, you know, that, that really want that. I'm aware that I'm probably one of a very select few people that would want this. <laughs> Just get Vision Pro. That solves your problem. Well, that, that's what yeah. I was going to bring up. Yep. But 
that'll be it you can run mac os in vision os um or at least you can mirror it which is really interesting considering that right that is unthinkable on the ipad and yet that's okay in in why can't i mirror it on an ipad exactly um (laughs) but i I do want to like get your thoughts on this well you could use sidecar do both yeah but i still have to bring my mac with me (laughs) yeah um but what what i want to get your thoughts on luke is um my suspicion and my concern about um vision pro is that it it is the next ipad it's not the next iphone it's the next ipad and that 10 years from now we're going to have be having Mm. this conversation about vision pro and i'm i'm worried about that is that your sense of like where this product sits and are they going to make the same mistakes with vision pro i don't think so actually i think the 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 vision pro has a much more uh foreseeable pipeline for the next like 10 years because i think it's really a product that can do a lot of different things um and and some people posit that it's you know it's the next iphone it's going to replace your iphone some people say it's going to replace your mac some people say it's going to replace your ipad but i think that what makes it really interesting is that it can do all of those things like that's what mixed reality offers and 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 it's not a way it's not so much that it can do completely brand new tasks even in the way that apple introduced it you know they're they're doing messages they're doing facetime they're doing browsing in safari that's what we all do on all of our devices but this is a new way of doing it and i think at the very foundation ignoring every specific detail about the product of vision pro the concept of vision pro is it's your work but it's all around you and i think that that has a lot more potential that we probably haven't even thought of yet you know when the iphone launched steve jobs didn't anticipate the app store it launched with 16 apps that could not be moved changed deleted or added to and App Store came next and was like, oh, duh, that makes a lot of sense. I think Vision Pro has a similar pipeline of, you know, your workspace all around you kind of unlocks a whole bunch of stuff that I don't think we can even imagine, right? I mean, definitely. I, I, I feel like the, the Vision Pro is going to be, I think... A lot of people are, like you said, are saying it's going to replace this, it's going to replace that. I don't think it's going to replace anything for a while, but it is going to be something that could replace right. your iPhone if it, if and when it ever becomes something that's less, you know, it's got to be glasses. That's really the only way yeah. uh, that I can see. I mean, that's happening. where we're going. Right. But for like sure. for now, it ain't replacing anything. It's going to be another thing you're going to have to worry about if you decide to get one. Um but I, I do think it's going to be something that I, I, you know, could be super exciting. It's just what's it going to be good at the most? Is it going to be a good iPhone replacement or like quote unquote, you know, companion? Is it going to be uh, a better version of an iPad? Is it going to be a better version of working with your Mac? I that I cannot tell you, even based off of my like, you know, thirty minutes that I got with it. Um, right. I can tell you that I did get the new MetaQuest 3 and 
infinitely better experience, in my opinion, on the MetaQuest 3 compared to the MetaQuest 2. <laughs> mm. But my, my, uh, my, my, I, it's very early, so I'm, I'm kind of yeah. just saying, but compared to the uh, Apple Vision Pro, from what I can remember, because now it's been almost six months, um, I, I, Apple is not going to have any problems. It's just not even close, at least in the pass through, uh, you know, mixed reality mode. It's not even close from what I remember. And I think that's, I think that's what Apple did so well with the vision pro. Mm -hmm. Like when you look at meta and their approach, it has been like, we're doing the metaverse. We're doing games. We're like, this is a completely new thing that you've never experienced before. You're going to go in the metaverse Apple's not doing that. Apple isn't the type of company that's going to make you completely change everything that you do all at once. They don't want that learning curve. So when you get Vision Pro, there's a reason why all of the major stuff that they talked about is like stuff that you can already do, like FaceTime and messages and uh, using applications on your Mac, mirroring your screen. Like, I think that the idea is you put this on and you're just like, oh, this is just all my stuff, but it's all around me now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like you mentioned, they just focused really hard on making that mixed reality look really good. It's not going to replace anything now because obviously it's, you know, this is a first gen product, but this is how you get that foundation that will, let's say five, 10 years from now, be a normal pair of glasses Maybe it replaces your Apple Watch. Maybe it replaces your whole iPhone. I don't know. But that's, I think, where we're headed. And I think that has a pretty clear line of progression, Hartley, to your question. You know, you can kind of see where we're going with that. You know, apps are going to come out and maybe you can have, like, imagine Final Cut Pro without the confines of a rectangular screen. You know, maybe maybe you have your, your viewer floating your timeline as something that you can physically reach out and grab and point and resize with your hands instead of a mouse just stuff like that and then a couple years later as it gets smaller and lighter more usable in public maybe even presentable to go around and talk to your friends with it on and, and you can definitely imagine how it gets to that point along the way so I think here's my my worry. Um, I don't okay. want to be the bringer of doom about Vision Pro, but I want to <laughs> I want to play devil's advocate here. Um, I agree that if we're talking like twenty or thirty years down the line, and we're talking about a really mature uh, operating system that like rivals Mac OS, um, then I completely agree, and I also completely agree if they can pull off AR glasses. But as far as we know right now, AR glasses are not in the works. Um, as far as we know, they took all the staff off that project because it was just not technically possible right now. And they've put all of the staff instead on working on this low-cost version of Vision Pro. Um, so the glasses are probably quite a while off. So what I'm worried about is like maybe like five or, or seven or ten years down the line. So we haven't got the glasses yet. Mm. And we also don't have a super mature OS. And what I'm worried about is that we're seeing something now and like imagining the potential. But we could have done that with the iPad. So if we go back to 2011, we could say, 
oh, well, this, this thing, you know, in 10 years time, um, this could replace your Mac. This could replace, you know, a, a lot of what we use uh, the iPhone for. And by then, you know, uh, it, you know, this new platform is so different um, to, to anything we've had before. The way of interacting with it is so different. You know, touch is way more versatile um, than indirect input. Um, and yet, where are we, uh, well, a dozen years later at this point with the iPad? And it's kind of like ground to a halt. And that is what I'm worried about with Vision OS. Um, well, Harley, when point. you put it like that and you make it so cheery, I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, damn, I'm dude. Sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, no, because it makes now sense. I'm sad. Like, I, yeah, now I am sad because I feel like you're right. It probably will end up being that way because it is kind of a divisive like thing. No one wants to wear like I've I've used this. I've had this thing for almost a week and I've used it like. I've used it every day. I'm trying to like learn and do more with it because I'm just not a big VR person. And because I'm not a big, big, ugh, I cannot talk. And because I am not a big VR person, um, you know, the, it's just, I don't want to wear this thing all the time. So Apple needs to figure that out and give us a reason why. And I will say that I'm pretty sure it's going to be kind of like a Android versus iOS type thing where like the, the meta has been around, the meta quests have been around for so long that uh, they're just going to have way more things you can do. But, like, not a lot of them are very good. And then you're going to have, like, you know, the whole iOS experience where it's like, yeah, you can't do a lot, but what you can do is amazing. So take your pick. And also, this is way more expensive. So figure it out for yourself. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I don't know how we got on. I will say. I mean, I, I know the correlation, but I don't know how we got here. But Because I think they're the same kind of product, to me at least. Yeah. They can be. Go ahead, Luke. I think there's there I I I see where you're going with that cuz I see the fear of it going down that iPad route where a couple people doing specific tasks will find it really incredible and a bunch of people will not really find it all that useful. But the one big question mark that we all still haven't addressed because it doesn't exist yet is third-party apps. Like what yeah, we are right. seeing right now is just the the foundation of a vision OS that Apple has laid out. I think when the iPad first came out, there was that whole wave of like, oh, now we have this big screen to play with. We can do a whole bunch of different stuff. And you're right. It did slow down. Uh, I mean, if you look up, it's a podcast, so you're just going to have to trust me because I can't show a visual. But <laughs> if you look up the volume of iPads sold by year the peak that has still not been beaten was 2014 or or 2013 because that was when the iPad Air came out so right. those two years that was the peak sales of the iPad because that's when the initial concept of the iPad grew to a point where I think it reached a pinnacle that's where everyone was like okay we have a thin and light device that does iOS stuff on a big screen for 500 bucks. And then after that, that's where your fear comes in. You know, once you get to that point, that was four or five years into the iPad. Does Vision Pro go down that same path of like, okay, well, what are we adding to this? Why should I be upgrading this device? What is it going to continue to expand to do? The difference is, I think Vision Pro by its very nature of being immersive and having mixed reality, 
has a little bit more flexibility than the iPad, which from the very start was iOS but bigger. And it kind of still is stuck in that in, in some ways. iPad OS is still very obviously iOS inspired. And I think that's a key limitation. But with Vision, I, I think it kind of frees you from those constraints just a little bit more to the point where I, I'm not personally as worried that it's going to go down the iPad route. I think the thing that makes me have the most hope, especially after using the MetaQuest 3, is like I'm going back into my, uh, my, my memory bank of what it was like. And granted, they already had it set up. I don't know, like the setup process right. for the most part. Um, I still had to go through a little bit of a process to get it like fit for me and for it to work with me. Um, but it, like, it's just so much easier getting it on your face. You put it on and you adjust like one or two things on the side. And once you do that and get it to where you, you, you don't have to do that again. I find myself constantly doing that with the Meta, with the MetaQuest 3. Mm. I'm adjusting straps. It's moving. I feel ill because I'm like, this isn't super clear on some things. And like watching some videos, like it's like something happens with the way, you know, when you are in full screen and it like brings it closer to you. And then you have to like adjust the little dials to like get the lenses to move back or forth. I don't even really know what it's doing, but it's doing something uh, where it's moving. I think maybe from like like the distance apart. And like you just don't have to do any of that with the Apple Vision Pro. And when I had it on, my only complaint was like, ah, uh, yeah, some of this doesn't look as crisp, um, you know, from the fit issue that I'm having. And if I adjust the strap uh, and like it can fit just a little bit higher up, it was perfect. But even when it wasn't sitting up like higher up, it was infinitely better quality than what I get at its peak best with this MetaQuest Three. So like, there are just so many. And the fact that I don't have to carry around the dumb controllers. Now, I know that there is an option to use your hand, and it does work. I'll give it that, but, like, not good. It's not, it, it is not anywhere near as good as the way you start to navigate without, your, without controllers on the Apple Vision Pro. Uh, using your hand on that device was seamless. It was perfect. It never had any issues. I cannot say that with my very brief time with the MetaQuest so far. So like I get hope that it's just so much better than what's already out there that it could make what people like me have um, as kind of reserves against this type of product. Uh, they can kind of feel a little more at ease that it doesn't operate in the same way. And it's a lot better and it's not even out yet. So I don't know. My I'm not really biased, I promise. <laughs> Dude, I hope more than anything that there will be whether through Apple directly or through a third party, the ability to use the Vision Pro as a VR headset for, for gaming. Because mm. I agree with you, like I've tried VR headsets, I do not own one because they all made me like nauseous. And I just, it, playing VR games, like it would be very cool to be immersed in a game, but mm -hmm. unless it's like perfect, I hate it. And I think yeah. Vision Pro could be obviously very expensive. I don't know that there was that many people that would actually buy it just to do that. Mm -hmm. But I really hope that someone makes an app that lets you plug into your PC and play a video game on Vision Pro. I'm really crossing my fingers for that. Like, like, like not even like a VR experience, just like using it as a display. 
Well, in in VR, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Just I to mean, sure. I'm sure like, I'm sure you would be able to use it as a a gigantic virtual display for like a yeah, normal right, right finds. Yeah. That in itself is very cool. Yeah. But if they can make it man. such that it can do a full VR, oh man, I'm sold. That's I, I mean, that's just one more thing. <laughs> I'm just sitting here thinking about it. How I'm going to spend thirty five hundred dollars so that I can lay in bed and fall asleep in thirty seconds watching something on my Vision Pro. <laughs> or at least it'll <laughs> Dude, be one of those. Every time I go on an airplane now, I'm like, oh, this is going to be so nice. Yeah, I'm going to be that weirdo at first, and I cannot wait. Oh, me too. I'm fully embracing it, and I'm gonna. There's the thing is, we're gonna be on airplanes, and we're not even gonna get to enjoy the content because everyone around you is just gonna be like, "Is that a vision? Pro? What is that? Yeah, what are you can, wearing?" And you're gonna have I to explain it? it to your neighbors. Yeah, let them try it on. <laughs> then I'll get some yeah. kind of disease. Ugh, pink eye. <laughs> <laughs> Huge pink eye ep- epidemic because of Apple Vision Pro. And everybody imagine like you know the the what do they call i forget the name the the little eye screen on the front mm-hmm. do you think uh, that the, when you get the... pink eye <laughs> it's gonna show you. on that screen you'll be like by the, uh, way, by the way i don't actually think you're too cheap if you don't buy an apple vision pro it is wildly expensive so that was a joke yeah I don't want I don't want people yelling at me uh, saying that I called them too cheap for not spending thirty five hundred dollars of their own. Uh, that is an absurd amount. Wait until it gets cheaper, or just do it. I don't know. Yolo. You might die. Who knows? <laughs> exactly. I, who knows if we're even going to be around in another like two three years? Just do it. Yeah. Send it. Hart Hartley's talking about twenty thirty years down the road, and I was sitting here thinking like, dude, I'm going to be in my sixties in thirty years. Like. F- I will not care at all. <laughs> so do you guys do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, just live in the moment. I'm not look yeah. look, think about it this way. Thirty years ago, Apple released the first laptop. Like the laptop mm. as a concept that we consider modern has mm. only been around for thirty years. I thirty years is so far I never think more than like two years ahead of time when it's nope. tech. Right? I saw the rumor a 32 inch iMac pro in 2025. I'm like, that's not even a real time. We're not even going to be around then. If it's not like, Oh, (laughs) next quarter. I don't, that's not real. Hartley knows my disdain for future rumors. Yeah. I hate those. I hate two years from now. Apple's going to do something cool. This was my next question. This was going to be my next question. (laughs) Um, Because that's AR VR. One thing I'm interested in is this foldable iPad that is rumored. Yep. So oh, we heard another yeah. report about that today. And I do think that is coming. And what this report from Digitimes was saying was that this could be announced next year. Um, and, you know, there are other reports. Ming-Chi Kuo was also initially at least backing um, that time frame. I don't know whether he still is. Um, so do you think that a foldable iPad could kind of re-inject some life into into the ipad or is it just a uh, is, is that just a gimmick does it need software improvement where, where do we stand on uh, a foldable ipad i'm so one thing that i like is that it adds a new dimension i'm not sure exactly how they would use it but i think the ipad feels a little stale because it hasn't really changed all that much in the last like five years so adding adding that new dimension could be cool what i don't like 
is the inevitable added cost. Because you have to imagine a foldable 12.9 inch iPad Pro would have to be $1,700. Oh, I think it would be more than that. Whatever you gain from that new dimension. Oh, yeah, way more than that. I don't know that you retain it. Yeah, more than, more, probably two grand at least. At twenty five hundred, like, I'm guessing. Well, because the the OLED iPad Pros that are and at for that next point, I'm like, dude, get a price hike anyway. So we're talking like it's got to be, like, which is already crazy, like two and a half thousand. Yeah. I mean, we're getting dual Vision Pro pricing. I was just gonna say, if it's if I'm if I'm paying two two thousand five hundred dollars for an iPad that folds in half, I might as well have an iPad that's also a Mac that's all around me. Yeah, I think that's that's going to be a yeah. bit of a, an interesting I mean, squeeze. I don't know. Well, uh, I'm cool glad idea. we're uh, I'm glad we're ending on such a high note here. You know, yeah. Apple Vision Pro, whether or not it's going to fail, no one wants to buy a two thousand five hundred dollar iPad that can fold. Uh, yeah. So if you guys made it this far and you're not completely depressed, uh, please, <laughs> Luke, please, Luke, tell us where we can hear you more, find you, watch more of your stuff. I know you have a podcast and a channel. Go ahead, plug away. I, it's, it's it's so much. All right, where do, where do you even begin? You can follow me on Twitter at Luke Miani for unhinged thoughts. You can hit me up on YouTube, also Luke Miani. Very simple. That's the general theme. If you want to tune into my podcast, that's dark mode. That's the only thing that's not just my name. Yeah, just Google him and everything will pop up. Honestly, that's fair. I should have just said that. Yeah. I think we can say that with everybody. Also, I need to start having people pitch in the beginning of the episodes because that's a good idea. I don't, know how, no make, be I don't know how many people make it this far. <laughs> there are some people. We have some pretty some pretty diehards because we'll get comments that were like like about things that are really late in the episode, and I'm like, damn, good for you guys. Thank you, appreciate respect. You. Yeah, I wouldn't have made and it this far. <laughs> I I wouldn't either, and it's our own <laughs> podcast. So yeah. Uh, with that said, everybody, thank you, and uh, we'll catch you all in the next episode. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.